Welcome back to the Beers and Miles podcast, where we talk about beers, miles, and whatever else we manage to jump off topic with. Um, we have our episode two with Ethan Herman this week. Uh, we recorded this episode a couple weeks ago, uh, so there's comes a couple of things that are not, uh, as you can tell, they're not up to date. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we had a great time talking with Ethan, focused a lot on the Oval, and just about general running culture, too. Uh, had a great time with this one. I think you guys will, too. Uh, as always, uh, if you guys like the podcast, give us a like, share, and subscribe. Thanks, guys. So on to the show. Let's get into some fun from here. Because uh, we heard uh, we got some uh, some some Ethan hot takes, but before we get into the hot takes, I want to hear, and I think a lot of us want to hear, the Oval. How did this come about? How did you get involved with this? And how did it become a thing that has taken over? Like, you know, I'll be honest here. This is like the running Instagram world and the running just world in general online is very full of just like really inauthentic shit and a lot of like really like looks great doesn't isn't has a lot of great information on it um the oval presents stories in a way where it's it's different it's it's you actually get a insight into the person that they are that you're not getting from a lot of places you're not getting the cheap shit that it's like, oh, we want to just have stories where like, oh, there's drama between the runners. It's like, no, like you hear a lot about the the story, the journey of somebody that goes to this. And also it's, uh, I think it's really just general worldly well-made and it's been cool to see this, this come up and it's been something that I've been super excited about following and how did that become a thing how did you get involved in this whole thing? So uh, it became a thing early on in quarantine, uh, the pandemic. Uh, one of my friends back home hit me up one night, like 1130. Like, hey, I have this idea. I was like, all right, let's talk about it. And it was basically the Oval. And he was like, where could we make a place where the reading is free the stories are real and it appeals to like people like us. And we just kind of, we, we like worked on this for like three hours, like just back and forth, back and forth. And I went to bed at like two thirty-three on the night. I was like fired up. Like, this is a good idea. And the next day we got a couple more guys involved. You know, we reached out to our connections, got people. We dropped the drop went crazy with like 4,000 views and reads in like one day on our initial drop and we're just like all right this is cool we have a thing we can't oversell ourselves we can't do like too many things at once we have to like slowly get there and it's been like brick by brick bit by bit like building to where we are today and you know we always wanted to say like we don't we want to be giving the stories that aren't told by everyone or telling the stories that aren't told yet like multiple times we've written a story got a story written and then a week later they'll blow up like we had a story about why Josette Norris god like two weeks before she like broke 15 and then went on her freaking tear which is never gonna end she's amazing um you know we got a story on 
God. The NC State women before they got second at nationals last year. We got a story on, God, who else? Um, some Georgetown guys right before they broke four in the mile. We got a story on this Duke guy right before he qualified for nationals in the steeple. You know, we get so many um, stories, and then boom, the gold strikes. And we're like, wow, we're getting really freaking lucky. But I guess it's because we know who to reach out to. You know, I, I just got an interview with Jacob Thompson. He just ran two, I think, 15 at Chicago for his debut marathon. You know, like, we're getting these stories, and it's just like, God damn, these, these people are, are, are just doing it. But maybe that's just our luck or our intuition. But we want to tell stories and basically just, like, give a space for people to tell their stories. It's like, if you don't want to write an article, we'll write one for you and about you. But... What we want primarily is for you to write your own story. So there's no like editors, there's no problems in the way where it's like, you say what you wanna say, after we grammatically tweak it, we'll publish it for the world to read. Yeah. Cause it's you. And that's been our kind of underlying thing where it's like, we love doing this. It's very fun. I'm never gonna say no to doing this. Um, and, but I, I think reading words about the things you care about is very important and to charge money for it to me seems foolish because it's like don't you want running to grow and if you do and you have this ability to make it grow then do it without any barriers that's man you're speaking, you're preaching to the choir <laughs> with this all this stuff <laughs> and it's it's a lot of it's just like as, a, as an econ major i and big on barriers to entry and money is a big one for anything. So it's like, if we don't charge any money, we're good. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a lot of the things like, I, I don't think the, the free content was like the thing that got me interested. It was just like, so I'm a marketing nerd and to be able to see that, like, all right, cool logo, but also like, the design of the uh, of the magazine itself is really well done, but from there, you guys do a very good job of being able to like put out that information afterward. Like you highlight each thing in there, and there's like a like it seems like it's a marketing calendar of like how you guys are posting everything out. But I'm like, you guys got this. Like oh yeah, we have like it, it, there's 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 a. Plan of attack the entire way. It's funny we always like we always meet before like uh, we drop, and it's always like, all right, how are we gonna post things? How is the order of the magazine gonna go down? You know, like we have our guys who are just really really talented with the graphic design. Like Ian and Chris and Ryan are phenomenal at at graphic design. Jack is amazing at video editing. And you know, like our Katie is our is our like our the person that she's our clock. You know, she keeps us going. She keeps us ticking. And you know, it's like every day is like she we got to post today. You know, like we need a caption for this. We have a window to post this. You know, got to do this now. And it's like, and one of our guys, Joe, takes care of the, the finances and and you know, making sure that we're like in the green and making sure that we're doing the right things and that we have a like a, our address properly and like our our accounts balance. You know. And then I'm the editor-in-chief, we have another editor, so that when a lot of articles come in at once, we have, like, 
multiple people checking things out here and there. And we got a bunch of stat. It was like, it's like we've just kind of bit by bit become this like 13, 14 person team that is really legit. And nobody's like breaking their back doing this because we're not relying on this to give us income. And, you know, if we make money off of merch sales or off of ads, that's just like icing on the cake. You know, we're already having the cake and eating it by doing this thing because we love running so much. And that's, I think that separates us. And like when Stryport ran down, it was like they, Stryport was their life. You know, that's what, they, that's what they did. It sucked to see, but it's like, yeah, that makes sense when you're trying to be a, like a startup in a tough community, which is running and making money at the same time is hard to do. You know, it's like, we were thinking, can we do that? And we're like, we don't know, but we don't want to like put all of our eggs in that basket just yet. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, the one thing I learned early on is like, you've got to make money. Distance running is not the place to do it, but it's, it's, I mean, it's a place, it, it can be. I think it can be in the future, but it's, it's definitely a thing where it's like, it's a passion project. And to see people that are just generally passionate about this stuff. And you see it, like, there's there's quality in everything you guys do. And and it's just like, it's been great to see the different guests you guys are now coming on with. And it's like, as it's grown, like, and, and that's, that's validity to you guys. Like, people aren't taking this unless they think that you guys are legit. And for something that's so new, like, you guys are super new in the grand scheme of things. The people that you've gotten on, like, it reminds me of, like, even, like, I listened to that Tracksmith podcast with, uh, with, with the, uh, the founder. I forget, I think, I forgot who he was on the podcast. It might have been Sidious, but it was, like, the founder talking about, like, how he went from, like, how he was doing videos for a lot of these college teams, and then he went from Puma and different things like that. But like you guys have hit the ground pretty quickly and people are noticing and a lot of really great names have come through with this. And it's like, wow, like you guys got something here and this is the coolest thing to follow. It's, it's cool too. Cause like every once in a while we'll, we'll, we'll like, we'll think we're getting ahead of ourselves, you know, and we'll be like, should we reach out to this pro, you know? And then two of our guys, Joe and Tyler, they always say, it's like, the worst thing that they can say is no. You know, if we're polite and cordial about asking them for content or ask them to write their story, then like, if they the best thing we get is a yes and the worst thing we get is a no, then why the hell are we not gonna ask them to write? And, you know, we got stuff from Vanessa Frazier and it's like, she's a stud. And she like took the time to sit down with, you know, we got stuff from Joan Hunter who like is busy coaching a lot of 10 men right now, but she's like, yeah, you asked very nicely to talk to us. Like, yeah, we'll talk to you. Like, uh, you know, you find those times to talk to people and you're like, if you are sincere about it. I, I met her at, at, at Brent's wedding. So I, she's just so knowledgeable. And uh, to be able to hear like all of the, and for like, just hear somebody that's been around the sport for this long and understands it is just like it's a wealth of knowledge it is and it's even something that you said on that it's like be able to like the words you can say is say no i guess i guess pulling some of the curtain off from us like nicole reached out to kira damato and like she's like i, I got a message from nicole saying like 
Kiramato's down to do the pod. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, what? She's, she's interested? He's like, yeah, we have a setup. I'm like, this is insane. And I had it. The idea was like, okay, I don't want to waste her time. She's some other two. And she's also a professional runner. And like, maybe she'll be on for an hour, like a, a hard stop at an hour. And she went on for like almost two hours and she was just like the most fun person to talk to. And it was just like, it, it's it's just like, it's insane that sometimes these things happen. And it's just like, all right, well, let's just throw it out there and see what happens from here. And you just have a person that just enjoys having a conversation. Like for me, to be honest, with a lot of these elite files things, it's like people that I've known. So I've gotten a chance to know like Stephen Fahey. I knew him from like when he was a freshman in high school. Yeah. Like I knew him when he was a kid. And so, like, I've gotten a chance to know him and follow his career, and like, man, it's it's he's a good he's a good friend of mine. And then, but then when the ones that are coming out from outside of it, it's just like, all right, it's a hit or miss. Like, I'm gonna just gonna throw that feeler out and see how it plays out. But it's like, is it now for you? Ha- like, for you guys now, it's like the oval has been like. Man, it, it's 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 more than just that rookie of the year award. Now it's like it's the thing that we look forward to be able to see. Yeah, and that thing too is like when we're all getting like busier right now, and half of our you know half of our team is is running cross right now. You know, like we're all college kids, minus I'd say like one. Yeah, uh, one of our staff writers just works for Brooks, but and Sarah's great, but he's like, yeah, you guys have so like so little time. How are you doing this? You know, and it's like we're constantly trying to say how can we do this but manage ourselves and it's like you know we if we don't put out a magazine exactly a month from the last one it's not the end of the world you know as long as we like don't go radio silent Mm -hmm. on twitter and it's yeah it's like we know that it's kind of that if you build it they will come it's like people have already come you know like the field gym it already exists you don't have to do is just keep putting out more things and then we're just like here, like a couple followers here, a couple 20 here. We, we did an article and Molly Molly uh, posted about it and she shared it and on her account. And it's like, oh yeah, when you have an Olympian shouting you out, you know, it's like, that's cheating, <laughs> you know? And I think that was honestly like pre her getting a bronze in Tokyo. Like she already had 70,000 followers. But when Molly shouted us out, we got like, 200 new followers and five to six thousand reads in a day it's like that's that's cheating you know it's like all you need sometimes is that it's like we don't have the connections that these newer things like the harrier or or new gen has you know we don't we don't have that and we don't claim to have that but we know full well that what we're doing matters and is good and over time it's just gonna keep getting bigger I'm just I'm just gonna say this. There's, there's there's a thing about authenticity, and and it's the reason why like I've been a big fan of Melly for the like for the longest time. It's like there's authenticity in that, and there's like very there's people that I follow that that put that stuff out, um, and yeah, there's like you have those hyped accounts that get a lot of more followers and different things like that. But there's just some kind of thing that's like beautiful about authenticity and be able to tell your story about like. And it's a lot of the reason why, like, the people that I pick for these things are 
generally people that like it's like, the thing that I hated about running for the longest time, and it's the reason why I started like the Elite Files podcast, was the thing that I hated for the longest time was like the people that always posted about the best things that ever happened. And they only post about the best things that ever happened. And you only see things that happen when they do well, they win, they make money, they're in the top, they're in the podium. Yep. Nobody ever talks about the story about how they got there. I like to talk about the the story of the person that's not your typical, I win everything. I've just, like even, I mean, even with Fahey, Fahey was not a, a scorer for his first year. And he goes out and wins, the, like he's, his brother was a, like he won the, he, he, he did something I don't think, I don't even think many, I don't even think how many people in the California have done it. It's won cross country, won the 1600 and 3200 for California. Not many have, I don't think, probably not even five have done it. California's crazy and too. Sitting under that shadow of that, like Wyatt, Wyatt's, Wyatt's big sister was Sarah Baxter. Like we had him on and hearing his story and him growing into his own runner, like, it's like thankfully like it's people that i've met throughout my life but it's still a thing where it's like you hear these stories of people that do so well and it's very much like it's instagram quality content where it's like not and it's not to knock on instagram but it's not it's just like uh, that's the only label i can put on that is like it looks pretty (laughs) and that's not what running is running's like when i even blogged when i was on on tumblr back in like early 2000s um, like I've been blogging for a long time and a lot of my, my shtick has always been like running's not great all the time running a lot sucks time. a lot of the time like for the majority of it yeah like I would say like there's the things that people talk about every day like I see it's like it's not real it's not real and it's okay and that's fine like running's not going to feel great all the time surround yourself with people that you enjoy actually doing this thing with and enjoy the process of it and you'll have a greater time doing it but this whole idea of like, if you're surrounding yourself with people that say that running's amazing every day, it's not real. <laughs> no. And then you put a lot of pressure on yourself and you make it think that it's like, oh, well, my day didn't go well. My workout didn't go well. Like, I'm not great at this. It's like, no, man. Like, how many people have you heard that had an awful workout the like the week before they ran their biggest, like the PR of their like life? Like, it happens so often. But all we hear about it online is just like this whole thing about like it's perfect, perfect, perfect. But it's like things like the Oval where you actually hear about a story and say like it's not all daisies and rainbows. It's not perfect. There is trials and tribulations and that's great. I always say it, the whole thing is like if you didn't have barriers, your story wouldn't be interesting. And like enjoy it enjoy the barriers because that's something that you just got to fly over i uh i think about that too where it's like i ran um almost no like this is my club where it's like the the week before i ran fourteen twenty eight. i ran the mile and the morning of the mile i did my shakeout limping because i did not in my leg i was in the massage table at from 4 to 5 p.m uh getting it worked out I limped to my friend's car, jog, uh, drove to the track, did the warm-up, did one stride that felt not terrible and said I can do this, ran a 50-second PR. My body was in shambles the entire next week. I was in pain every day. 
And thanks to rigorous amount of stretching, foam rolling, Epsom salt baths, I got onto that track with only a minimal limp. And then I ran 14.28. And after mile, like lap three, I was limping, like hurting. You know, it's like running's not glamorous sometimes. Um, Honestly, a lot of the time, like most days running sucks. But I do it because I know that if I do this correctly and consistently, it'll get better. And for the good days. And that's what I learned was, like, I wasn't, like, I didn't feel good any lap of the best 5K of my life. But I still did it. And that's really cool. And that's what, that's what I was proud of. And I, and I remember I made a post on Instagram. I think I changed the con, like, the, the caption. I might even delete it because I don't, like, I don't like Instagram that much. I've deleted a lot of posts in the past couple months. Um, but I remember, like, saying, it was, like, you know, this running this running shit ain't easy. And you know, it hurts, like it hurts a lot. And I do it anyways, because at this point I'm addicted to it. And it's days like this where even when you're hurting or even when you like, it sucks, you have a positive result and you're like, that's why, right there. Cause it's like my body is, and my mind is so much more capable than what it's telling me. And it's because I know what I'm capable of before I even get to the starting line. Like I. I told my friends, I was like, if I get to that starting line without being in like moderate pain, I'm going to break 1430 because I know I can. And that's what it came to. And, you know, the, the chem mentality is, is so I'm going to throw back to the uh, Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, AK and, uh, it's it's funny because like it, if I'm being very very honest, I did it for the, the sake of networking. Yep. It was like all right, this club has a lot of cool stuff that's happening. This jurist guy that just like randomly messaged me, me like he seems like they're doing some cool stuff. And also, I'll put it out here like the Pittsburgh Track oh. Club as well as like the Pretty Good Boys Denver were the guys that inspired me. They're the guys that inspired me to do Ope they get that off the ground like like good boys denver and pittsburgh track club really put me out and say like all right this is impossible but going out there uh even for like i i, I pr i think for, i pr for the first time in like in the 8k to straight 8k race since 2013 um and there's like a like a kind of a beauty in that kind of like racing and saying like even if it doesn't come out perfectly like the sake of racing is like there's a beauty in that um like ra- like i remember with a lot a mile ago it's like now at the same i think i can actually recap this because like i'm probably not gonna write about it because i got to talk about boston and my writing uh me talking about pittsburgh ak like three months later doesn't really matter anymore but like i had a guy that was chase like chased me down with like about and a half ago, but also at the same time I heard your name and I knew you were tempoing and I was just like, me and you just finished smashing beers the night before. And so I'm like, oh fuck. Like he's I know you're not going all out. You're just going out for a fun run. And I'm like, what the fuck? He's coming on me. I'm like, this is not great. And this guy blow like tries to go by me and I move on with him and we start running together. And then at uh, 
he he makes a move. I think he made a move like at about a mile, and then I caught him at 800. And we start running together, and I make my final move. I'm like, I'm gonna crush him at 600 to go. And I thought I did. I thought I put him away. And then with 150, he blew me out. Uh, and after the race, it was just like a whole thing where it was like, that was the like that was fun. He like the guy was like, well, that was fun. I was like pumped up. Uh, I PR'd, but it was like it's still in in general. It was just like we like the racing. The racing was the fun part. And they're like, dude, I just like I, this was fun racing. Like me and you were battling. It's like, dude, I know this is amazing. And we got to chat a lot. The end story, because now we have an end story to this. We talked about. We talked afterward. He said he was coming into my backyard for the marathon. Uh, this man has now run. Uh, he ran two twenty two with a negative split. Jesus Christ, man! Oh my God! Yeah, That's he's the guy that got kicked me down. Like the shit. Like it was not a it was not a Pittsburgh track club guy. It was one of the other guys that uh, was out there. I think he ran for uh, I think he ran for Princeton, but he ran like oh, he yeah. ran like a baller this past weekend. And I saw him and I was like, dude, dude, fuck, man. <laughs> it, it just it's that's what the racing's about. Like, there's just so much fun with this. Like, he like. The racing, the racing in general, the pushing yourself and saying, like, even if it doesn't feel great, let's go ahead and do it. I remember I remember doing that race, and race is funny, because I, I remember uh, getting there and thinking, I'm going to jog this with my friends, and then being convinced to do a tempo, uh, because I was kind of hung up, and that was, uh, that was planned, because I wasn't racing. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and I got there, I was like, I feel like, uh, I feel like shit. And, and then I got, I did like one more, I did a couple strides and my last try, I was like, I feel good enough to give an effort. And the first mile, you like a pack of like 25 went out and I was like, nope, that's too fast. Dope. Nuts. We had 20, like 20 people under like well, five for the first mile. And you, you were all awesome. And, and I was thinking, I was like, that's crazy. But like to me, it was it was like nothing because I was like, I mean, I just run what four fifteen, a couple weeks ago. I was like, all right, cool. And on the roads, like yeah. just in my in like trains, like I can do this. Um, I was talking with 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 with, with Uris actually too, like uh, at like one and a half because he was on the bike. Yeah, I think or he was running, and I was talking. Yeah. And I was like, all right, yeah. No, he ran. Yeah, he ran. I, was, I was talking. When I was running, and like my old high school team. I was talking with him, and I was like, yeah, this was pretty solid. I might start moving up now at like one and a half to two. And it was just when like the people started just like, like uh, stringing out, and I didn't even change my pace that much. Yeah, you know, people just started coming back, and I was like, guys, this is not good. I did close in a five flat, which is a little fast for a tempo. I think I got excited because I was trying to chase you and yeah. a guy, and I was like, I want to get him, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. am I going slower? And I was like, and then I looked at my watch, and I was like, no, 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 they are going faster. Um, but yeah, it was. It yeah. was like, it was just fun yeah. too. It's like you forget. I think the past year and a half, you forget, like hopping in a random race and just like trying yourself is really fun. And you know, there's no, there's no like love loss and just like sending a race, as long as you don't get hurt. But um, oh no, that's the point of it. You know, like, like yeah. sometimes like if you're like if you're if your running's in a rut, you know, like. Delay a workout, go on a road 10K and see what the fuck happens and then laugh about it and 
move on and then you have fun you know like make make it's like make running fun for you however however which way you and i will say that there's actually like <laughs> no it's uh it's this fire road uh actually i want to step back and actually talk about this real quick um i had this beer think the bissell bros guys really took yeah. good care of me um they gave me this beer called fire road it's a dry hopped fodor beer and actually might be one of my favorite oh. beers of the year like this is a beer that's fantastic uh they tossed it on my my box after i picked up a case of swish and uh it's it's one of the best beers that i've had actually this year i'm a big fan of like these photo beers a little bit of like nice softer sours and it's just it's a fantastic beer but something you said there it's i think a lot of people put a lot of pressure when they join a race and i would put that on myself as well it's like if I'm going to do a race, it's going to do it for a winning or I'm going to do it to just strike a run as hard as I can. But there's a beauty in it of just racing. And I think I've, I've had that attitude post, I call it my sabbatical for like two, three years after college, where it's like you're just happy to be there. You're happy to be there and you're happy to actually have the opportunity for it. But like even I had, like I came in with that, that Pittsburgh 8K where like, even if I didn't PR, it was going to be worth it, it because, man, it's been a year and a half, like that I've like no, it's been a longer time than that since I run cross country, and I'm in a new city. I'm in Pittsburgh. I had a great night having. Uh, also, side note, Ethan, what was the uh, what's the place that we went to? What was the uh, place we hung out at? Oh, oh, okay. So here's here's the thing. All right, so for anybody, anybody who listens to this. We went to the Urban Tap. It is uh, they have two spots in Pittsburgh, but the one in Shady Side, where we went to in the neighborhood, is they have a hundred beers on tap at any given time. And to me, it is the dream because if you ask nicely, and there's a race going on on NBC, they will show it, as Chris and I can attest, because we watched the entirety of the men's marathon so we- <laughs> of Tokyo. <laughs> We watched the entirety of the men's marathon in Tokyo while we're slamming beers, and I had one. I had the best chicken sandwich in my oh, life. Oh, dude, that, their, that. their food is crazy. Cause it's like you, 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 the runners love their food, and I think it's like they'll get beers in their food. And I can't think of a place that does both better in Pittsburgh, uh, where it's like you you want bar food, but it's elevated. And you're like, this is this is like, I, why, where would I go anywhere else? You know. Um, but. They, they took care of me very they well. They did. But it's, it also comes into a thing where it's like the, the, the journey of it, the journey of the, tr- like the entire weekend, you go out and you do it, say, okay. And then it's just the camaraderie of everybody. Like everybody was just so happy to be racing again. And that was something that I saw in general. And it inspired me. Like, I feel like I probably will have to grab Uris and, and get him on a podcast. Cause like, the creation of the Pittsburgh track club and so quickly it being something like I haven't been inspired by a lot of things in running like in my probably 16 years of running, but this was something that inspired me so much that it was like, like just the race itself was like kind of invigorating to get back into it. And it's like, cool, this is great. <laughs> his, but his story is great. Cause like, that was a big side note. Yes, it was. Go right ahead. No, no, his story is, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. His, go his ahead. story is great because, like, he talked to me a lot over the summer about 
or in a long run, he talked, he's like, like, how does Philly, because he wanted to, like, he wants to make, you know, Pittsburgh Track Club be, like, you know, Philly Runner, Central Park, uh, Dashing Whippets, Tracksman. He wants that, you know? It's like, but he's, like, what, got eight months into this? And he's already doing it, you know? Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's insane. <laughs> uh, it's, he's, also, he's a great guy. That's, that's, that's why, that's why I started Ope. Like, I want, I want a, I want an Ope contingent in Columbus and Ope contingent in Ann Arbor to go out to Philly or go out to Pittsburgh and say, like, hey, let's go race. <laughs> like, we got it. We got it. We got a crew. We're going to go race with you guys. But, like, it's funny because, like, I got the message from Uris and I messaged, I, 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 uh, I was hanging out with Evan, uh, Evan Haddon, uh, who's from Pittsburgh. And he was like, He's like one of my best friends here. He, he went to Ohio State, and he's. I'm like, you know this guy, and he's like, yeah, he's good people. Like, if he's doing something and he invited you, like, yeah, you go. You should go to this. Yep. Like, this is gonna be great. And that's like all I needed. Funny enough, like he he hustled hard because what he did was, I figured Uris actually reached out to everybody that was in the top like probably twenty of a marathon within like a central pittsburgh area within like three hours or four hours of that and just like dm'd him and i'm like the hustle is real and i appreciate the hustle and he had a barbecue afterward after the race and i got back that same day and we got to hang out with some cool people and like actually uh john from pittsburgh track club uh he set out a 230 group at boston and i was like i saw that light blue jersey i was like I Pittsburgh Track Club, like I like I don't usually a person that buys shirts from a race, but that Pittsburgh Track Club, I'm always happy to wear that shirt because it's like one of the coolest shirts that I have. <laughs> it's it's too because like Pittsburgh, I like that's my hometown, and I will rep Pittsburgh till the day I die because uh, I think it's a, it's a small town but known as a city, and um, like I know who made that shirt, and it was the person selling the shirts. She made the shirts like. I'm gonna if if I'm the biggest person who will support shopping local, local buying local, uh, and it's like if if the person who made the shirt and I think it's a cool shirt is right there in front of me selling the shirt, I'm gonna buy four. And or if I or if I like the cause, I'm gonna buy like as many as I can. You know, I'm gonna buy that stock literally because I love it. And I totally agree. It's, I will go to a big race, and you know. I'll be given a shirt and be like, I don't care, you know? I did this race because the course was fast and my teammates did it and I'm going to go drink beer and fuck off somewhere else. Thank you for your time. But I have never been so quick to purchase a shirt outside of the race shirt than I have been at the Pittsburgh Track Club. And I think that's because it's like I want to see – I can say that's hometown pride. You know, I love the fact that my hometown is doing things and creating a track club that I've so wanted to exist in Pittsburgh um, for a long time. But also, it's it's just like, if you're unpretentious and you're doing things for the running community in a genuine way, which I think ties back to the Oval and to open to these kind of clubs, like, that's what we need. You know, I don't, I don't, like, I, I as much as I love you know, Craig Angles and the brand he's created is beautiful. That's not representative of the running community. Most runners 
don't get to live the life he has lived or the life he lives. He happens to be a really, 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 really fast guy who lives a sick life. That's totally cool. I love him for it. And he does it. And it's amazing. It's not attainable. And it's not something that like anybody should strive for because you're not as fast as him. You're not as cool as him. And he's probably has a lot of connections with Nike and people doesn't need to pay for his clothes, his shoes, his Nike probably pays for his gas. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. It could be like dead left <laughs> going right field. I could be totally wrong. But yeah. that guy's chilling because he gets a contract from Nike. Exist, but it is as cool. But these blue collar things are what's gonna keep running going so long further. There's a there's a difference in these things. Like I come from a lower income area from SoCal, and thankfully I came like I was in a good place where I came from. But I I came from a place that like there was I mean we had gangs. I had a I experienced a drive-by my senior year during practice. Uh, it was not a great, like, it was it was safe. Like, I felt it was safe, but it was, like, it was in the suburbs. It wasn't, like, I was the first person to go to college and different things like that. And, like, you don't have that opportunity a lot of, like, these runners do, these, like, professional runners do. And that's okay. And so, like, hey, like we want to be able to share the stories of people that don't take your typical way going through so like you can have fun with this and enjoy this you can make a life and have have fun and connections with it uh if you think this is gonna be a life for you it's not always like that but that's okay exactly but it's uh i don't know it it's this whole thing where it's like I I appreciate seeing the authenticity of these things and seeing I, I don't know it's I I think we're getting closer to that now and the people that are putting out stuff now are um, we're getting a lot closer to the voices that out that that we're seeing as. I don't even know what even put it there. Uh, I think I think in general, like the content's getting yes. better. On the average, it's just I, I read the the tracksmith piece about the the displacers uh, this week, and I was like, I wouldn't have even been able to find that, you know, a couple years ago. And I, of course, like my connections are higher with the running community. Like I, I I know where to look for good articles. You know, I don't go on Let's Run because I know my self worth. Um, you know, like I have Tempo Journal and I have Tracksmith and I have like these other outlets and at the Oval, I read every article that comes through because I have to. Um, but it's like I have so many outlets for like quality writing about running. And it's just like if these are the people who are running literally this next generation of athletes, then we're in a good place. It, uh, I, I, I think I've always struggled with this kind of thing. And I don't know. I don't know if I wanted to... <laughs> I didn't expect to get into this too much, um, just because it's like I, I like listening to two black runners talk about it. Like I've talked to my co-hosts, but like none of them are Hispanic. Yep. 
um and talk about like representation of runners like i am very i'm i'm probably one of the very few like hispanic runners that do talk pretty often um and even then i don't think people actually like refer to me as hispanic because like i I mean, usually in a bow tie, my exactly. brand's a bow tie, so I'm like kind of whitewashed. As for a lot of people, consider me whitewashed, um, which is the one thing altogether, which I haven't gone too much into detail. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a son of immigrants, uh, but like, there's not many people like me, and and it's something that like, I don't know, like coming into, I, I've been wanting to go hang out with a lot of the people in the running culture but it's also kind of like a little bit of a hesitancy because like you're not like them yeah. and there's like a little bit of hesitancy like you're not like them you didn't come from where they came from um and while you are a runner you do come from the running lifestyle and you are you are a deep nerd in this <laughs> i don't know it's it's, <laughs> it's something like, that I i'm trying to try to untangle I think uh, you you know you come uh, when you when you run in Philly, right? There are so many other running groups that exist besides mine, and uh, most of them are run by by black people. You know, Philly's a black. I would say Philly's a black city first. Uh, you know, like this, like this, a lot of this land, these communities are black communities that are just being co-opted by white people and gentrified. And one of my like best friends in the city, his name is Richard. He works at Tracksmith, right? He has a run club. And he's like, there's nothing better than being yourself and being different and owning it and then saying, oh, I also run. You know, it's like, you know, you belong here. It's like he went to a private school in high school and ran. And his coach was like, oh, you should probably sprint. And he's like, why? And, you know, he tried sprinting. He hated it. It was better. And now his favorite race is the half Philly half marathon. You know, like that's the thing it's talking about. It's like. I also, I, I resonate because it's like, no, I, you know, back to where I began, where it's like, I, so many runners, you know, they come from these like smaller running towns or these suburbs or like these, these places where running is appreciated, where you have your parks a mile away, where you have your parents to drive you, or you have your friends to drive you to these parks. You have the time and the money, you know, to do this and not many minorities or not many people from cities actually run you know it's like we don't have the green space you know the time running is at its whole a very white sport and it's like whenever you are un when you are, are unabashedly yourself as a minority i feel like you're gonna have a polarizing effect because people don't like change but you're also gonna be such a such a focal point and a figurehead for people who want to be, who, who understand you, but might be too nervous to do the same. And it's like, I will always support doing their thing. And I think it's so interesting, like just going back to what you were saying, um, you were about 10, I mean, 10, 15 miles away from you. You had some of those suburbs schools and um, I mean, you didn't even come up for that. Um, I think you came from a very different kind of background where your typical I guess quote unquote fast guy comes through and you're typically running for a pretty good school 
Um, then you go to college, and from there you run pretty well. So you're a 420 kid that goes to a school that's just generally pretty fast. Uh, so there's already an, an environment that is conducive to them running really well. And then they go to college <laughs> and they end up running about 404, 406. I mean, not everybody does, but um, I mean, that's the typical thing when you see guys that are really fast. But you didn't go that way. I mean, your route was very different. Uh, you come from a school that, for all, for all intents and purposes, wasn't supposed to be um, a world beater. Um, and you took it and you went and ran well in high school. And then you have another roadblock there where you go to a college that doesn't offer a, um, a running program. And so what do you do? You go ahead and find one. Um, you go and find a team. You go and find a group. And you've developed yourself into a very, very competitive runner. And I think it's it's a testament to just the amount of work that you've put in. Uh, we can't understate just being able to handle, um, I mean, it's school workload, but also not having that kind of day in and day out motivation of um, just, yeah, day in and day out motivation just being on a team. So we can't we can't understand that enough, um, and yeah, I mean it's it's been great to see how you've developed in that. So I guess my question to you, just out of I guess long monologue that I'm doing, is what would be your advice to somebody that was going through this? Uh, or I mean, I think it's a uh, I don't know. It's I think your story just it's something that tells people that. It doesn't matter whether you're on a college team or not. You can still run really well, and you can just enjoy it too. Uh, but what would be your advice to someone that's in your situation or even just a younger yourself? I just think, like, um, I always I, I, I took the belief that running would sort itself out, and if you love running as much as you like say you do it will because like you can't go living without it um presuming you don't burn yourself out of it first and that's that's what i say is like find what's best for you and then running will fall in place and i think like too also it's, it's helpful like i have you know god i have the the most supportive parents in the world like my both my parents didn't run but they still support me. Like, you're crazy that you like running, but we're going to support you. You know, we're going to, if you ask for Nike shoes on your birthday and like, that's the only thing you ask for, we're going to get them for you. You know, like, like I, I'm not a carbon plate guy, but the Nike Zoomfly SP is my favorite shoe. And, you know, they got it for me twice. And, you know, for my birthday, it's like, they understood that's what mattered to me. And, you know, they'd give me like a foam roller for my birthday or they'd get me like, uh, the the goose through waffles because I would buy it myself and be like, we'll just get it for you for your birthday, you know, stuff like that. It's like, I think too, like I have my own support system, and it's like if you have your own support system, and you find running to be what you love, like just do it, and and running will fall into place. But but life, like where you go with life, is gonna matter more than where you go with running, unless you're like, unless you are that guy, unless you are that like. Unless you're like your Jezerek, unless you're Jenkins, unless you're Rupp, you know, like those are generational people where it's like clearly running is their thing. Then I can't say shit. 
But if you're going to be third or fourth or fifth guy, or even second or first, if you're, if you're the first guy at, like, God, St. John's or Iowa, you know, like, you're not going to, like, go from doing that to, you know, a full benefits contract at Nike next year. And if you do, what are you using or drinking or eating? Because I want that. But it's like running will running will find itself in your life if you let it, but worry about life first. And I, that's my, probably my closing remark for this podcast. Well, I, I think it's, it's crazy because it's crazy even to think about this. Like you're so young and at this point, like you have a lot of like insight that are, like a lot of college kids don't have just based on your experience. Um, we, I appreciate this. This is great. Um, so I'm going to throw some fun things at you before we head Sounds out good. because, uh, Got to have another beer before I go to bed. Uh, <laughs> favorite beer that you've had? Oh fucking hell! God damn, dude! What, what is your um, favorite beer? Um, two oh, two things. Two. Th- yeah, yeah. So there's two. There's two. There's two. I'll ask. I'll ask two two point question. Favorite beer that you've ever had? Okay. And your favorite go to beer? Okay. All right. Um. Oh my god. I think the the best. This is. It's a little biased as a little bias, but I also think that full well, it is like an unreal beer that I had. So this year I started running again after New Year's and I wanted to like have my return to running be very smooth and consistent. And my best friend does dry January every year. So I was like, all right, I'll do it with you, right? Did dry January. Um, it was great, actually, it was very good. Um, and to celebrate, we bought each other beer. And my best friend, Tosh, love him to death, he lives in the Finger Lakes in Hanoi, New York. Hanoi, I believe is how I pronounce it. And he lives very, very close to the Rochester Bloomfield uh, outpost of Other Half. So I was lucky for him to send me beer of Other Half. And I sent him some, I bought him some beer, I sent it to him. But he sent me this beer and it was, uh, more riot than all riot and it was uh other half and prison city combining for this double ipa that was ten and a half percent and i i poured it in this like this glass i bought at the thrift store 50 cents and i took a sip as like my first beer in a month so it's probably cheating it was like just unreal but i had more of them i was like no this is this is a real deal and like this is a double ipa that drinks exactly like a double but it's somehow ten and a half percent. So halfway through, I was just like giggling to myself. Like, this is this is unfair. This is cheating, you know. Um, so either either that one, or um, I had this beer in PA in uh, Western PA in between Pittsburgh and Erie at Mortal's Key Brewing, and it was an Imperial IPA aged in bourbon barrels. And I've never had a more unique beer. I've never had a more unique beer than that. I've had my fruited sours. I've had my smoothie beers. I've had my IPAs, my doubles, my triples. I've had all this. I've had like, I've had beers the Phantasm. It's a bourbon. It's a bourbon barrel aged IPA. Bourbon bourbon barrel aged Imperial IPA. I'm talking. I'm talking 11.5% beer. But man, every like, and my my mom and dad hate IPAs. My mom. She is queen of stouts in the summer. It could be 100 degrees. She wants a stouter reporter. My dad 
Pilsners, lagers, Keller beers, Fest beers to the moon. I finally got him with Citra as the hop for him. And he likes IPAs now. Proud of him. Uh, but, you know, he's like, I have my grand spectrum of my older brother loving IPAs, my mom, the darks, my dad, the lights, my brother, the hazy. So I get all of them. That's me. Um, but I, I, I was like, I got to try it, you know? And I took one. So I was like, I don't know what beer this is, but it tasted incredible. And to, to me, that's probably the most interesting beer I've had in my entire life. Um, is an Imperial IPA, but, but, but bourbon barrel age, BBA, BBA, IIPA. Funny enough, as we were talking, I had sent a message to Melly and asked him, I need a random question for Ethan Herman on my pod right now. I've got one and there's an inappropriate question. And he said, JK, favorite IPA. And you got it. As soon as you were talking, I was like, well, he got the IPA question already out the way. Did he ask me a, a, <laughs> an, an FMK of three male runners? Because I know Melly loves the FMKs. Yeah, he asked an inappropriate question and I'm going to put it on the pod. Yeah. Um, my my go to my go to beer uh, is probably Allagash White, or um, there is a pale ale from a Pittsburgh brewery called uh, Dancing Gnome, and it's called Lustra. I think it's the perfect pale ale. That's two, and my third to go to is the I'm very German, so it's it's the classic uh, Weihen Stefaner fifteen sixteen. That shit's been around for 500 years, so it has to be good. It's freaking perfect. But if I pick, if I pick one, that's real deal. This is it's why we get deal. along. This is why we get along. The Vice Honor original, the original. Fuck, it's so good. <laughs> uh, so we got a couple other questions, real quick. Uh, I think we've actually like, I, I think we got this question out of the way, but I'll, I'll still put it out just because Pancakes asked, it. "What's it like running competitively when not having a collegiate background and foundation of sport?" I think we answered that oh, already. It's fucking great. And uh, what what's your favorite kind of pancake? What's your favorite kind of pancake? Oh my god! So that, that's the shit. Is like, I I apologize to whoever asked this question because I'm fully a I'm a French toast human being. I'm big French toast guy, um, but I think, look, I, I respect pancakes. I think they're amazing. Uh, but actually, if my go-to for pancakes is buckwheat, um, I like the flavor. I like the take the texture. I think the syrup does better with the buckwheat pancakes than anything else. So if you give me a good, like, cinnamon buckwheat pancake, like, that's real deal seriousness. Or... Or, or, uh, you could say like a German pancake, which is what my dad would make or my grandfather would make growing up. Pancake. There we go. All right, we got another one from uh, Bryson Jess. Uh, how are you? And this is a question I want to know too. How are you able to smile? Yes, and yes, wave yes. My, my training partner. While running four hundred eight in a mile and fourteen twenty eight in five k. We all don't look great in our PR picks but like you do what the fuck you look like you're just having fun <laughs> i think it's um so th- the thing is, is like i am that's like that's the uh, that's the simple the thing is like i don't know i mean if you're focusing on how much you're hurting the entire time what the fuck are you doing you know it's like there's got to be a moment in your race where you're like damn i'm doing this and uh i think it just it, it helps the fact that uh, I probably have something undiagnosed where my attention span is not that good. Um, mm-hmm. But 
you know, when you get to a, when you get to a starting line with confidence, you know, you don't have to worry about the body until the very end. And that's what I learned. It was, it was I think it was lap two, and you know, I was just passing. I just passed through the four hundred and sixty-one five, four hundred nine and sixty-one five, and I think, fuck, I'm doing pretty good if I feel like this. I could, I could hear her because she's louder than most, you know, cheering my name, and she's one of my best friends. And I was like, I have to, like, trying to find her. I see her. I, I flash her the thumbs up. I give her a smile. I was like, we're all good. I still got this. And it's like, I remember what I would do is I, my, my, my mom, my mom is a huge worrier um, in the way that she loves you so much. She just worries about you every single day. And, and one of her biggest fears is like, oh, you know, if, if you have a bad race and you're really hurting, you know, she would hate to see that. So whenever I'd see my mom or my dad in the middle of the race in high school, I'd just give them a thumbs up if I was doing okay. Like, you know, I'm doing fine. And if my dad would always be able to see me before my mom would, because my dad, like, is just like a very, like a keen and attentive fan. Uh, he'd be more like aggressive, like on the, on the, on the, uh, the flags, like looking for me. But I always just flashed a thumbs up, you know, like I'm still here, I'm still in it. And if I wasn't, then they'd probably know, like, I'm not okay, or I just missed them. But that's what I've gotten used to. It's like, I'm just gonna flash a thumbs up, you know, like, I'm doing fine. If I give you a smile, I must be really fucking good. Um, I didn't give any, I, I think I gave a smile to, to Jess at mile, like, lap five of the 5k at Charles and Miles. If that happened at, mile, at lap 10, it would not have happened. But I mean, like, I, I love running, and running fast is, like, the best thing to do. So if I'm doing that, and I get a chance to race it, like, God, I'm going to be, I'm, I better be having fun. Cause if not, like what were all those miles beforehand for? So. So we got two questions to finish this up before we head out. Uh, we had a question from, uh, wild.cush, minios, aleos. I don't know uh, what these are. I don't right, know what so, these are. I guess. First, some first some context. Uh, Deck. So the, the the account who asked me is Declan. Is a good friend of mine, also from Pittsburgh. Uh, and what needs the context behind that is there are two pizza shops which are next door in Squirrel Hill, which is my neighborhood. Uh, it's for those who don't know, it's Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Uh, so that's the neighborhood I'm from. Mr. Rogers is my neighborhood. Uh, which is really freaking cool to say. Um, it's a it's squirrel. It's a very Jewish neighborhood, but there are two pizza shops, both incredible. Uh, and there's one is Aiello's and one is Minio's. And if you go to Taylor Alderice High School, which I did, shout out Wiz Khalifa, shout out Mac Miller, shout out my high school. Um, but if you go to Alderice, there's only one answer, and it's Aiello's. There's no question at all. Aiello's is better. Uh, you gotta get their white slice. Guy, the pepperoni roll. At least five people. For, I know from all the rest are working there at any given time. Like that's just like if you, if you had a, if you had a late basketball game like at the Jewish Community Center, you're going to Aiello's. If you want a quick dinner, you're going to Aiello's. If you want a slice at three thirty, you go to Aiello's. Like that's just there's just no question. Aiello's is better. Like Minios is fan, like don't get me wrong, Minios is fantastic. But what I say is if you're a parent. You sit down at Minio's. If you want, if you want pizza as a kid or an adult, like a young adult, you got to slice that else and you hang out. That's the way to go. You heard it here first. <laughs> Last question here. Why is Pittsburgh your second favorite city in Pennsylvania? And this is from uh, the Polish fisherman. Ah. Fish. Ah. 
that's a, that's from that's from a teammate of mine. Um, so I would say like I would say one A one B. To me, Pittsburgh is home, and Philly is the city I live in. Uh, I I will never say that Pittsburgh isn't home. That's where I grew up. That's where I spend the most of my time. Like I spend eighteen and and change years there now. Probably nineteen because I spent a year there during quarantine. Uh, but I don't see myself like living there when I'm older, and that's okay. Um, but I still think that uh, like Philly is where I live right now, and Pittsburgh is the town I was raised in. So I'm gonna say it's a tie because I love both equally. Um, that's that's where I stand. All righty. I, I think if I could get a if I could, if I I am the perfect representation of the two cities of PA. Cheese whiz or no? On your Philly cheesesteak? Sorry, man. Provolone. Thank you. Provolone Thank on your you. Philly My man. Cheese whiz does not belong on a, on a Philly cheesesteak. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> all right. I, I'm always provolone. I, I like the cheese. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. <laughs> so, to, to finish this up, we need shout outs for you. Um, where can they yeah. follow everything you're doing? Because it's it's you, it's the Oval. What 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 do you want to shout out right now? God, um, shout out Philly Runner Track Club on our Instagram and our Facebook, the Oval for sure. Um, my Instagram is Ethan J Herman. Last name is two ends at the very end because I'm very German. Uh, and then always the misspelling. Um, shout out. God, um, shout out uh, Tracksmith, because I got a lot of friends working for them and doing great stuff. Shout out Ope Athletic Club. I got got some some love for them. Always shout out Pittsburgh Track Club. Uh, shout out uh, Ixa Run Crew in Philly. Shout out Original Propaganda uh, Athletic Club in Philly. City Fit Girl, Why We Run Crew in Philly. All the Philly crews. Um, and then... I would just say shout out, like, if you want to know running, you know, in, in, in the U.S., shout out, like, Club Nats. Like, come out to Club Nats in, in Tallahassee this year, and you'll you'll understand what it's like to be a runner in the in the, in the the world of, of running in the U.S. there. What's your next race? Club Nats? Oh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm actually... I'm actually doing a, the Delaware Distance Classic 15K on Sunday as a tempo effort. Uh, so hopefully it's a hopefully I follow my coach's uh, instructions for me and I stay within my prescribed range. Uh, and then I think I have a 10K and then then the half and then club nets. Nice, awesome. And then you can follow me at beers and miles at beersandmiles.com. I'll put up my uh, my post Boston. Uh, my post Boston pod or my post Boston post. Uh, we're working on a Chicago uh, podcast as well. We have some guests that we have some ideas that we're going to bring in. Helps get some a little bit more and get a little bit more round table going. We're in the process of that, but we're going to have a, a uh, recap on myself for Boston, Nicole for Boston, Keen from doing wine glass, Brent from coming back from the uh, first first race in three years. 
And uh, yeah, we're super excited about that. And now I can actually announce this, like, OPE is a thing, OPE Athletic Club. We've, like, this is my little baby that I've enjoyed growing. We now have more members and we have patches, which is great. I had to order more. I, like, this is one of the most exciting things that I've been part of. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, like, check out OPE Athletic Club at OPE Athletic Club on Instagram. Uh, we're excited to be doing cool things. We're going to be heading out to New York for the Trials of Miles uh, New York cross country race. It's going to be Zach, who's been on the podcast. Zach Nornillis is like, he's, he's part of Ope. We have um, Adam Dietrich. We have uh, Andrew Whitland. They're going to be like, it's going to be part of our team out there. We're super excited about that. You want to play video games with us? You know, you can. It's going to be at XCCRIS on Xbox, or if you want to just play uh, Call of Duty, we do that as well. We're, gonna, we're eventually going to get back to playing video games again and doing some streaming. We'd enjoy that. And uh, we'll go from there. Um, but otherwise, like we've enjoyed having you guys. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, uh, shoot us a like uh, on Instagram. Shoot us a uh, follow on Apple Podcasts. Share it on your story. We appreciate everything you guys do. And uh, yeah, um, thank you guys so much. Ethan, we've appreciated you being on this, staying on this long. Thank you, man. Thanks, man. Good as always.